You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, seeing uh, we're heading into 2020, and we're talking about vision, how about 2020 vision for the title of our sermon today? I'm going to start off with James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. Look here, you who say today or tomorrow, We're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Heavenly Father, bless your word to our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you make decisions in what you're going to do next in your life? Do you include God in your plans? Would you say that your life is God-directed or self-directed? We're at the brink of a new year. We need a spiritual 2020 vision to advance our goals and dreams for Kohle Community Church and for our individual lives as well. First of all, allow me to refresh your memory of some of the improvements that we have tried to make and have been making in our ministry structure here in the transitional period. Most recently, we've updated our IT system and database and and have a more user-friendly website. Connect 101 is an informational tool that uh, helps us in everything that we need to know about Cole Community Church, what's required to become a member, uh, a leader, a teacher, a helper, and to serve in any area of ministry here at Cole Community Church. A renewed, easy-to-remember vision slogan is connecting to Christ, church, and community. We want to have that connection, first of all, with Christ. Have that 
close, intimate relationship with him. Beyond speaking terms with God. We want to be on speaking terms with one another in the church. We want to have close unity. We want to be a group of people that care about each other. We want to be able to share when we're hurting with somebody, knowing that they will not just pass you off, but that they will genuinely care and pray for you and enlist others to help to pray that God will see you through a difficult situation. And of course, we want to touch our community. We want to connect with our community. There are many things that we can do as a church that can really help our community know that we're here. And we're not just a bunch of goody-goodies who think we're better than everybody else. We're people who struggle in every area of life, but we rely on God to help us through our difficult situations. And we seek his face in making decisions for our future and for our family. We're committed to develop leaders of all ages to be on mission. We love God and we love people. And we trust that he will direct us and lead us to lead others to an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. It's not just me knowing that I am born again and that I'm ready to go to meet Jesus whenever I die. But all of the people that I know, the people that I influence, people that I don't know but still my life influences them, I want to connect with them so that they know there's a God in heaven who loves them, who cares, and, and can do something about the situations that we pray about. I believe that we have done our due diligence this year, that we are set for what God has planned for us in 2020. The Bible gives us some excellent advice for us to apply as we enter into 2020. So that's why I call it 2020 vision. First of all, we need to keep including God in all of our plans. We must avoid making plans as if God does not exist. James says, listen, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town, we'll stay there a year and we'll do business and make a profit. He goes on to say, you don't know if you will be alive tomorrow, let alone next year. Presuming about tomorrow is not wise if you leave God out of the situation. Because only God knows about tomorrow. Only God knows all the facts. To reject God can only bring unnecessary pain and, and hardship to our lives. 
Life is unpredictable. So that means we should trust him even more. Life is brief. The Bible says it's like a mist. So we need to place our life in God's hands. Proverbs also cautions us concerning the uncertainty of life. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. It makes sense to depend on him for direction and to submit to his will and his plan for our lives. The Bible in Jesus' own words, encourages us not to worry about tomorrow. It says, therefore, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Of course, the key is found in the words of Jesus in the preceding verse, in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6, which says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. As I've often said, and I'll keep saying, the word of God is very important in everybody's life. The word of God is truth. And so you can't go astray with the truth. Amen? Secondly, keep your eyes on Jesus. As we look to 2020, let's seek to have a 2020 spiritual vision. Our pastors, council, and staff have been pondering ministry direction for 2020 for a while now. What will be most important to us? How will we make more disciples in 2020? How will we connect with each other and with the next generation? How will we serve Coal Lake and the Lakeland area? All very important questions. These answers come only from earnest prayer and consulting the Word of God. We need to see what God wants us to see. I have heard the most popular surgery in the world today, or one of them, is the laser eye surgery. It is considered safe and relatively affordable and very effective. I know that for a fact because Effie, for years, had very serious problems with her eyes. And since laser surgery, she don't even need glasses anymore. I think she reused reading glasses for this real fine print you find in things like, you know, but apart from that, and uh, I believe I look much better to her now with her new eyes. <laughs> People are interested in getting back their sight, getting sight back to 2020. That in itself is a miracle. But we need to get back our spiritual vision, too. And that's probably more important than anything else. Is seeing what God sees, seeing what God wants for us, 
and then desiring it to the point that we just stick with it and keep focused. I have never been interested in just maintaining a church. I get restless when I see it's just, you know, like, oh, praise the Lord. We got through the year, and we didn't lose one person. We didn't gain anyone, but we didn't lose anyone. That's not what God put us here for. We've got to touch hearts. We've got to touch lives. I'm suggesting that we, the church, need restoration of spiritual vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision or no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. We've got to have a vision for the lost in helping people, people who are struggling with their faith. They, they know God, they love God, but they, 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 they have such a hard time getting over those difficult situations still bound in habits and addictions that are causing them to, to not, in, not be able to enjoy the Christian life like they could. We need to be able to come alongside of them and help them and take an interest in them and say, hey, listen, I don't care what you're going through right now. I'm going to stick with you. I'll be with you. You, you can de be determined that if you will determine to trust God, and you say, Lord, in spite of all of my hang-ups and in spite of all of the things that I do that I hate about myself, I still want to serve you. There is someone in this group of people who's going to stick with you and say, listen, I believe in you. God believes in you and I believe in you. And if you will stick with him, and we'll pray together and we'll believe together and we'll see you through this difficult situation. Vision motivates us and moves us to do what God to do what God is asking us to do. Without vision, there's very little concern for evangelism. There's very little concern for missions, very little concern for the lost. It's sort of the, we get the sort of family attitude of us four no more. I'm going to heaven so that everybody else can go to hell. We wouldn't say that, would we? But sometimes we say it with our actions. If we're going to be a church that's going to make a mark in Coal Lake, we're going to have to change some of our attitudes. And get on board for God. God has provided a way to regain that spiritual vision. That brings me to number three. Keep your focus on the word of God. The word of God, as I said before, is very important. The word of God helps increase your faith. It is the lens through which we see what God sees in our world today. If we would get into the word and trust in the word of God, we would see ourselves as God sees us. We would see our community as God sees our community. 
As Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Those who put their trust in God can see a revival on the horizon. They can see our friends and our loved ones coming to Christ. They can see the prodigal sons and daughters coming back to God. And they're involved in having a part in that as well. If we would fix our eyes on Jesus and the word, we would experience 2020 vision. And here is what happens when our spiritual vision is 2020. We will see defeat turned into victory. What looks as defeat and you're pessimistic about something? All of a sudden, you become optimistic. And you begin to see possibilities where before you were looking at it in a negative tone, now you, you, now you are positive about it. You can see that loved one coming to Christ. Even though they may still mock you when you say anything about God, you can see that God is working in their lives. Let's look at a biblical, in biblical history when Israel had, was, had divided into two nations, the north kingdom of Israel and the so southern kingdom of Judah. Jehoshaphat is king of Judah. He's one of the good kings. And he's trying to follow in the footsteps of his father, Asa. Asa had worked hard at keeping the people of Judah faithful to God. But now, Jehoshaphat is faced with a problem. The Ammonites and the Minyanites have conspired to attack Judah. Jehoshaphat is warned about the coming invasion. And he, because he's a godly man, he decides to seek God for help and direction. He don't cower into a corner in fear. He takes the problem to God. That's a, that's a hint in how we can do things, right? He declares a fast for all of the people of Judah. And the people from the towns and the villages all come together in prayer. Now when it says all, I don't know if everybody, but I'm sure all of the God-fearing people of Judah came together in prayer. And King Jehoshaphat led the prayer, and in closing, he said these words. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, he says, O oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Oh, that we would take that kind of an attitude when we are facing a difficult situation. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm helpless here, but I'm looking to you for help. 
The Bible says our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Every time we look at scripture and the problems that face people, the key to their victory was prayer. God don't force us to pray, but he wants us to pray. Because when we pray, we show our dependence upon him. If we fail to pray, basically we're saying, Lord, just sit back and watch me. I'll show you how it's done. Right? And every time we take that kind of an attitude, we fall flat on our face. All the people waited, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men, Jehazel. Right back then, this is way before the New Testament, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon a man, and he begins to prophesy. And this is what he says. Listen, Second uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15 starts there. It says, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. He's not saying, this is what I think we should do. He's hearing from God, and he says, this is what the Lord is saying. Do not be afraid. How often do we see that in Scripture? Whenever there's a God encounter, there's the words, do not be afraid, do not fear. Don't be discouraged by his mighty army, by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Every battle that you and I face, every difficult situation, it's not your battle, it's not my battle. It's God's. Amen? And he will fight those battles. He says, tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley and opens up into the wilderness of Jural. But you will not even need to fight. Can you imagine that? He said, I want you to go out. I want you to march out. March out as a strong army, but you're not going to have to fight. You don't need to fight. Take your position. Get ready. Take aim. Stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Oh, if we could only trust God that way. When you don't know how it's going to happen, you don't know what's going to happen, but you can say, I know that God is going to come through for me. I know he's going to do what is necessary in order to solve this problem. It may be a sickness. It may be a relationship problem. It may be a financial problem, but God will see me through. Because I believe his word. All things are possible to those who believe. And I'm a believer. Watch the Lord's victory. He's with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. 
Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And God is no respecter of persons. I say this so many times. God is no respecter of persons. But when you're facing a battle, God is with you. God is with you. And when it's the hardest, when the pain is most severe, when the hurt is just crushing your heart, when you don't know how you're going to get through this one, God is with you. You need to know that. You need to know that you're not alone. And every one of us that has gone through any kind of a problem, you can be sure in a, in a congregation of this size this morning, there's someone who has gone through what I have gone through, what you've gone through, and even greater things than that. And the testimony of everyone who put their trust in God is God was with me. And some of the times, some of us, even when we weren't serving God, even when we were rebelling against him, he came through for us. We don't understand it, but the Bible says he sends his rain and his sunshine on the just and on the unjust. We serve an awesome God. So early the next morning, they started out against the enemy as the Lord had spoken. In verse 20 of Second Chronicles 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, one more encouragement. Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And I often say, and I just want to say again, we are a people who believe the full gospel. We believe in signs and miracles. We believe in healing. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we believe in the prophetic. And sometimes in a congregation like this, we have people with different gifts. And if all of the gifts were being used, we would be a very prosperous church, spiritually prosperous. But sometimes God will give a word to a sister or a brother. And we say, that's just him or that's just her. And we sort of put thumbs down on the prophetic word that comes to the church 
through someone in our congregation who is gifted. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us when we've taken that kind of an attitude. Because that's how God gets a hold of us in our hearts and in our spirits. There's an opportunity there for us to just open up to God and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to stop fighting. I just want to receive what you have for me. Lord, I received that word that my sister just spoke. I received that word that my brother just spoke. And even if I don't understand it and I don't really witness to my heart, I'll be like Mary, who after the angel had spoken to her, and when she had seen her son, when he said, don't you know that I need to be about my father's business, when he was in the temple at 12 years of age, talking to the, to, to the, the scribes and the Pharisees. And the Bible says, Mary pondered all these things kept them in her heart, waiting for a day when it will become real to me. Let me just quote a verse from Revelation that is repeated to each of the seven churches in Revelation. Revelations 2 verse 7 says, Anyone with ears must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Do you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? And even in a very simple message like we have this morning, Holy Spirit can speak into my heart, it can speak into your heart. If you will open your ears to hear it and receive it, who knows what God will do in your life. So my last point today is keep believing for a spiritual awakening. You know, a spiritual awakening can come so quickly. It can come while we're singing a song, while the word is being preached. And something that awakens you in your spirit. And you're never the same again. And from that, that point, You begin to touch people. You see, there's people around you that you influence. You may be a son, you may be a daughter, a husband, a wife, a grandparent, an uncle or an aunt. But when God gets a hold of your life, you allow him to, he wants to. He's not going to force himself on you, but when you open yourself up to him, it can be the means of touching your family, your friends, your co-workers. 
I read a story of the Welsh revival of a young girl just sitting in the seat and she stood up and she says, I surely do love Jesus. The whole congregation broke out in worship and praise. From that, a great revival took place. Maybe someone here today holds the key to what God wants to do in 2020. And folks, let's not wait and wait and wait. We determined to do much better in 2019. Where did it go? It went so fast. Let's not squander 2020. What we believe will determine what we're willing to do for the Lord. Whatever is in your heart is manifested in what you do and say. So when you open up your heart to him and allow him to influence your heart, when we're talking about your heart, we're talking about your spiritual person. Because we are, we are always being led by either the natural person or the spiritual person. When the spiritual person becomes born again and, and that spiritual person begins to lead, you'll see a change in the natural person. And so that's what we're talking about here. Our view of the future will shape our hopes and dreams for what we see God doing in 2020 in our own individual lives, in our families, at Colake Community Church, in the city of Colake, in the Lakeland area. Although there are pockets of revival and renewal throughout the land, there's plenty of areas of spiritual dryness. How would you classify Kohle Community Church today? Don't want you to say it out loud, even if it's good. How would you, how would you classify Kohle Community Church? Are we spiritually renewed or are we spiritually dry? I have known Christians whose spiritual lives have grounded nearly to a halt. They still love the Lord, they say, they still love the Lord. But the spiritual fire has gone out. There's no fire in their bones anymore. You don't feel uplifted after you leave their presence. In fact, you feel down. The well of living water seems to have gone dry. We could look around and say, oh, yes, brother so-and-so needs a revival. Sister so-and-so needs a revival. What about me? I'm afraid sometimes we get looking at others and we forget about ourselves. If 
It's like the old saying, the kittle is calling the pot black. That's taken from a, when we used to boil the, 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 the kittle over the fire and the pot over the fire. And it was all covered with soup, soot, whatever you call it, soup. I believe that if we would be honest, most, if not all of us, would agree that we need a personal spiritual renewal. We all can do better. Having said that, let me suggest that the first and foremost, we should begin with our own personal spiritual need. Lord, I need a revival. Lord, I need a revival in my heart. Lord, I want revival in me. It's good to pray for the pastor. It's good to pray for the leadership. But pray for yourself too. Lord, what changes would you like to make in my life? Lord, I surrender. Do whatever you have to do in me. As the psalmist David said in Psalm 85, 6, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? There's a difference in worship when people are revived. There's an openness, there's a freedom. And we're not working something up, and we're not trying to impress anybody. We're just all in love with Jesus. We can follow David's example, a man after God's own heart who was prone to making mistakes and sinning. Psalm 51, verses 1 and 4, he says, Have mercy on me, O God according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you and only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And at this point, when we get this, to this point in our prayer, we say, Lord, I'm not so good as I'm pretending to myself to be. I have sinned. Forgive me. Now I can apply 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. 
Folks, God is not looking for the hype, the dance, all of the things that we do in our ritual. Really, it, it becomes a ritual. What we did in the spirit at one point, we do as a ritual now. And we classify it as revival. It's got to be in the heart. It's got to take place in here. And when it takes place in here, it's a whole different program. So in conclusion, we're embarking on a new year. Only God knows what it holds for each one of us. We may be in, every one of us in this room may be in for a great year, bumper crop. Some of us may be in for some difficult times. But we can purpose within our heart to seek God in everything. To be guided by his Holy Spirit through his word. That we can say, Lord, whether I live or die, I'm yours. Lord, whether I make a fortune or lose a fortune this year, I'm still yours. And you're still my source. I want to be guided by your word, by your Holy Spirit. In order for this to work, it has to be more than theory to us. It must be put into practice. James also teaches us we must be both hearers and doers of the word. James says, if you don't do what the word says, you're deceiving yourself. So, if we will keep God in our plans, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep focused on God's word, and keep believing for a personal and corporate spiritual awakening, we will see a drastic change in 2020. And we will have a happy new year we will have 365 days of 2020 vision. And I'm going to tell you, we are going to be a blessed people. Amen? You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.